0: So last week Pastor Jerry started with Noah, that was last week, and today we're going to continue the series where we're looking at a guy named Abraham. Now Abraham is one of the most important characters, not only in the book of Genesis, but throughout the entire Bible, and we find his story in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham's story begins when he is in his mid-70s, and at this point in his life where he's, he's happy, he's comfortable, he's wealthy. He's settled, and then God comes to him and says, Abraham, I have something for you. And it's going to cause you to basically step out of your comfort zone. You're really going to have to trust me with this. So as we pick up our story, Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, here's what it says. It says, the Lord said to Abram. Now, all the scriptures will be on the side screens. Um, but it said, the Lord said to Abram, real quick, Abram was his name. And later on, God changes it to Abraham. I'll get to that toward the end of the message of why. But his name is Abraham. It was Abram. So it says, okay, so, uh, so the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So God is saying, hold on, pause there. God is saying, I want, to, I want you to leave everything that you know. Everything that you know. I want you to pick up and leave your family that you've known. All the friends that you've known, the home that you've built, the wealth that you have built there. And I want you to go to this place that I'm not going to tell you where it is. I just need you to follow. You're going to have to trust me on this. Then God continues and he says, and I will make you into a great nation. Now hold your finger there again. One more time. Remember, because how old is Abraham? Abraham is 75 years old at this point. He doesn't have any children. He doesn't have a son. So God's going to somehow make him into a great nation. It's going to take a lot of trust and a lot of faith from Abraham at this point. Because 75 doesn't have any kids, but God's like, you're going to become the father of a great nation. It's like, okay. And then God continues. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Perhaps no one better illustrates what it means to trust God than Abraham. Because all throughout his life, time after time, God is asking him to trust him, to follow him. And every time Abraham says yes, God asked Abraham to do some crazy things. God challenged him to step out of his comfort zone and into God's character zone. And every time Abraham said yes. So God says to us, if we want to have stronger faith, then we're going to have to trust him. He's saying, you've got to trust me. You're going to have to trust me and take a step out of the comfort zone that you're used to living in and moving into my character zone. Now, this takes faith because once we get into the character zone, God's going to ask you to do some things that you can't do on your own, that you're going to have to trust Him for completely. You're going to have to trust Him to help you to do them. But if you want to develop true, stronger faith, then you have to live your life in God's character zone because that's where I believe you'll find meaning, and significance for your life. You know, some of you who are here today, or maybe you're watching online, you're, you're in exactly the same place that Abraham was. Maybe you're stuck in your comfort zone. And God is asking you to step out of your comfort zone and into His character zone. He's asking you to maybe start a new business or to maybe change your major if you're in school. Or maybe to get out of an unhealthy relationship. Or maybe here at Seminole Churches to join a ministry team. Or maybe for you it's to start tithing. Or maybe it's just to share your faith with someone, which can be scary at times. He's asking you to stop living for the lesser things in your comfort zone and start living for the greater things in his character zone. That's the lesson that we learned from Abraham. So today we're going to be talking about his story and how we can trust God to stop doing just what's comfortable in our lives and to begin to live a life of significance that God wants and has for us. So if you have your outline and you want to take some notes, here's the first thing that you can do. So we're looking at to build a faith that trusts. This is what this is all about, to build a faith that trusts. If we want to build a faith that trusts, I need to do this. I need to embrace God's plan for my life. I need to embrace God's plan for my life. If I'm going to build this faith that trusts, I'm going to embrace God's plan for my life. That's kind of where we begin with this. It's trusting that God loves me. That God loves you. It's trusting that God knows what's best for me. And then embracing the plan that He has for me. So that's that's really important. Because to really trust God, we have to know that God loves us. That God has a plan for us. And his plan is best for me. And this is what Abraham did as well. So let's go back to our story, Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 1 and verse 4. And it says this, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And then verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord instructed. Now I want you to think about this for just a moment. Because God reveals the start of this plan to Abram, to Abraham. He says, look, I want you to leave your home. I want you to go to the land that I'm going to show you. But God doesn't give Abraham every step of the way. He just says, go. So listen, here's the thing for for us. If we want to experience God's best in our lives, if we want to have a stronger faith, then we must do what Abraham did. We must walk with God day by day. And we must go as He leads us. That's how we're going to see this. And we can't necessarily expect Him to show us every step of the way. So that's why we have to walk with Him step by step or maybe step in step and trusting that where He's going to lead us and take us is where He wants to take us. And we have to trust that He has a plan for our lives. And if you will trust God, I can guarantee you It will lead to a stronger faith in your life. I can guarantee it. And then, as you embrace God's plan for your life and you're getting the stronger faith and you're embracing God's plan for your life, we have to know this. It's not always going to be easy. When you're following God's plan for your life, it is not always going to be easy. So, in your outline, if you want to write in your notes there, the next step to building a faith that trusts is this I don't give up when I face obstacles. I don't give up when I face obstacles. You see, as you follow God's leading and you trust Him for your family and for your future and for your finances and in this relationship or this career or maybe it's that major in school, as you do that, just know it's not always going to be easy. There are obstacles that you're going to face. They're going to be there, but those obstacles, if we'll let them, these obstacles will grow your faith. And when it happens, what I'm going to say is don't panic when the obstacle comes. Don't don't panic. Don't freak out. Okay, just trust that God is okay. He's going to grow me through this obstacle or through these obstacles. And in Abraham's life, there were some major obstacles that he faced, some major obstacles that he faced. And we in fact, we learn these right kind of at the beginning. He faces immediately when he began to trust God. Here's the first one. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. This is the end of that verse. It says this. Abra- A- Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. 75 years old when he left Haran. That's his first obstacle. Abraham was no spring chicken. He's 75 years old. You know, he's built his life. He's got his land. He has his home. He's got his wealth. He has all these things. And the very last thing that he's expecting God to say was to go, hey, I need you to uproot your whole entire life, everything you've spent your life building, and go to this place that you don't even know where I'm taking you to. It was an obstacle in his life. Sometimes one of the hardest things for us to do is to trust God with timing. Because we want it, when we want it, how we want it the way we want it, and we expect it to happen. We, you know, It's the microwave mentality. It's like, bing, it's ready. But at the time when Abraham was thinking about settling, God was saying, go. It's time for you to go. So we have to learn to trust God's timing. Maybe that's where you're at today. You know, maybe you thought you'd be married by now. Maybe you thought you'd have kids by now. You know, some of you thought your kids would be out of the house by now, but that's a totally different subject. I can give you a good card or get counselor card that you can talk to a counselor about that one. But maybe you're wondering, okay, God, look, it's time. You know, I've been, I thought my career was going to take off by now. You know, I've been working hard at it. Now's the time. I, it, I think it should, it's supposed to be like this. This is how my career should be. Well, are you going to trust God's timing? Or are you going to try to force, force it and make it happen on your own. Or maybe you've had a long, successful career and you're reaching the end of that career and you're looking at retirement and you're thinking about spending the rest of your days, you know, maybe playing golf or out on the beach or going fishing in the ocean, things like that. And God says, well, wait a minute. I'm not done with you yet. Are you going to then say, well, God, listen, I mean, I, I put my time in, you know? I've done my work. Now it's my time. Now it's my time to relax, just to kick back and, and finish out my life like I want to finish out my life. Or are you going to trust God's leading? Are you going to say, God, I spent 30 years in my career. Now it's time for me to do what I want to do. Or are you going to trust God to lead you? Maybe God's leading is calling you into ministry. I mean, So John Harwick, who is a part of our staff, He was in his career for, I don't know, a long, 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 long time, retired, and felt God was calling him into ministry. Now he's helping us with our our, uh, SCO. So he retired, but not really. God was like, I'm not done with you yet. Maybe that's what God's going to do for you. Or maybe his leading is calling you into some er other area where he can use you. You see, here's what we have to trust, and here's what we have to know for all of us, is that God loves you. God loves me. God knows what's best for us. So if we trust that He loves me, He knows what's best for me, and that God's plans are always what is best for me, if we trust that, and then we trust because God says, look, I can see the things that you can't see. I can see five minutes in the future. I can see five years in the future. I can see 50 years in the future. I can see the things that you can't see. So we need to learn to trust Him and say, God, even if I can't see it, and even if I don't understand it all right now and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I'm going to trust your timing. That's the first big obstacle that, that Abraham faced. Then there's a second obstacle that he ran into, and we find it in verse 10. And it says this, At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan. Okay, so look, here's Abraham. He trusted God. He did exactly what God asked him to do. He uprooted his whole entire family. He left. He went to the place of Canaan. And what does he find when he gets there? A severe famine. You know, it's like when, you, you, when you're little or you're young, whatever, and you get up the courage and the nerve or whatever to, to you go to a theme park and you, you battle that fear to ride that roller coaster. And you're like, yes, I did it. And all I got was this lousy T-shirt. That's, I, that's how I could picture Abraham like, what do you mean? I, I did all this and now this? It's all I get? It's like I trusted you. I did what you wanted me to do. Why is this not working out? Maybe you've been there before. And you say, God, I did everything the right way or I thought I did everything the right way. I did what I was supposed to do. God, I trusted you in that. I get here and this is what I get for trusting you? You see, it was a step of faith. And it took trust for Abraham to come through that, to come through what God was asking him to do. So real quick this morning, I, I just want to kind of debunk a myth about trusting in God and, and trusting what God has for you. Some, some think that following Jesus will be an easy path. Yeah, that is, is laughable. Some people think that following Jesus is an easy path, especially those who aren't Christians who kind of look in and and they would say something like, well... Uh, Christianity is just for the weak, for the weak-minded. It's a crutch to help them through life. I would say that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Because being a Christian, although it's amazing and I'm very grateful for it, it's, it's, it's hard at times. It's hard. Following Jesus is seldom the easy path. It goes against the grain. It goes against culture. But some people, even in that are Christians, some think that, well, when God opens a door, I'm praying about something and God to open the door for me. Everything is going to align. Everything is perfect. You know, the roses smell great. The doors are all open. Everything that must be God's will for me because everything is, is perfect. There's no obstacles in my way. But if it's but then there's a path over there that has all these obstacles in it. And it seems kind of hard and it's a little rough. And I'm like and they think, well, that can't be God's will for me. This must be God's will for me because it can't be that hard path over there. It's got too many obstacles in it. It must not be God's will. Here's why that is not true most of the time. Well, one, because Satan can also put obstacles in your path because what does he want to do? He wants to keep you from God's best. So he can place stuff there to make, oh, that's just too hard. Even though God is calling you to it, oh, it must not be it because that's too hard. And he can open up doors to the wrong places. To make you think, oh, well, so listen, we have to trust God with that. That's what walking step by step. We have to trust God. People say, you know, I thought this was God's plan for my life. It it seemed like the right thing, but it's so hard. There are so many obstacles. So because of that, it must not be God's plan for me. No, I would say you are facing those obstacles with a high probability because it is God's plan for your life. I mean, do you think God would call you to do something so easy that you can just do it all on your own? Without having faith, without having to trust him? No, because just because we go through something hard doesn't mean it's not God's will. In fact, it probably does mean it's God's will. You see, God's path is not going to be the easy, convenient walk. It's going to be that walk that has obstacles. It's going to try you. It's going to test your faith, if you will. It's going to cause you to grow. When you face that, don't confuse the easy path for God's path because it's not always that way. Here's how you keep going through those obstacles. You know, God has called me in this direction. I have these obstacles. Here's how you keep going. When you find the obstacles in your path, you trust God's promises. And this is what Abraham did. You know, the Bible is filled with so many promises to us from God. And if we would trust these promises, it will help carry us through as we are going in the direction that He wants us to go. This is what Abraham did. See, God made a promise to Abraham that He would make him the father of many nations. And Abraham held on to that promise when he traveled all the way from Haran to Canaan and he found that there was a famine waiting for him there. That's how he got through that. He held on to that promise. He knew that there was a promise here. He held on that promise when it took... Twenty-five years for God to fulfill his promise to him to have a son. Twenty-five years. And to make him a father of many nations. Listen, 25 years. That's a long time. He held on to that promise, and that's how he got through it. And that's how we will also get through it as well. Look how Abraham's faith grew through the obstacles when he... That he faced in Romans chapter four, verse 20, it says this. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew. What's the next word? His faith grew stronger. Yes, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. So his faith grew stronger as he went through this and it brought glory to God. His faith grew stronger because of the obstacles that he faced. So no matter what you're facing, here's how I encourage you. Don't give up. Don't give up on whatever it is you feel God is calling you to do. Don't give up. Trust God to bring you through it. And he will. Trust God's promises. The next in your notes, if you want to fill this in, for building a faith that trusts is this. I follow even when it doesn't make sense. I follow even when it doesn't make sense. You do know, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, sometimes what God asks us to do is really hard. Sometimes what God asks us to do seems downright crazy. I mean, we talked about Noah last week. That's kind of crazy. It never rained. And here he is telling Noah to build a boat. It's like, well... God, this just doesn't make any sense at all. So if you were to do a pro versus con cons analysis of what God is asking you to do, God would not win in that pro versus con because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says this, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that, God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. See, the same is true for you. Whenever you follow God, even if you don't understand how it's all going to work out, whenever you follow God, then you experience God's best for you and God's blessing in your life. So let me ask you this. Are you willing to follow God even when it doesn't make any sense? Because there will be times that it doesn't make any sense. Are you willing to follow God even if nobody goes with you? Maybe, are you willing to follow God even if your family thinks you're crazy for what you're, what you're doing? Are you willing to follow God even if the crowd is against you? I mean, I think about us adults as well, but I even think about young people. Are they, You know, the crowd is so going in the opposite direction that, they would be going as a follower of Jesus. Are they willing to go in that direction even when the crowd is going against you? Are you willing to follow God? Will you trust Him? Will you trust and follow Him anyway, even if it doesn't make any sense? That's the path that Abraham chose and God blessed him for it. This is the path to stronger faith in our lives as well. So here's... The Stronger Faith lesson for this week. You can write this down in your notes, not on your outline, but we have it up on the screen so you can see. And it's this. My faith grows stronger each time I trust God without fully understanding. My faith grows stronger each time I trust God without fully understanding. Think about that. It's going to grow stronger. Each time I take that step, I take that step, I take that step without fully understanding. That's exactly what Abraham did. He didn't have to understand it all, but his faith grew stronger as he just took that step, took that step, took that step. And that'll be the same with us. And then finally this. I surrender every area of my life to God. If I want to build a faith that trusts, I have to surrender every area of my life God. You know, in order for Abraham to experience God's blessing, in order for him to experience God's promise, he had to surrender every area of of his life. He had to say, "Okay, God, I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you with my finances. I'm going to trust you with my future. Okay, God, I am all in. And God blessed him greatly. Now remember, Abraham, as we said, was 75 years old when God came to him and said, leave this place where you have lived your whole, your whole entire life and follow me to the place that I'm going to show you. 75 years old. He had no children with, when God promised to make him into a great nation. Now fast forward 24 years. God comes to Abraham again. 24 years. 24 years. Let that sink in. Some of you possibly hear uh, that have joined us here this morning or if you're online, you haven't been on this planet 24 years. Think about how long 24 years really is. See, we read this and we just read over it. Like, oh, good story in the Bible. And we just keep on going. We forget. 24 years is a long, long time. I mean, think about it. That's that's long faith. That's long obedience. That's a long time of surrendering. I mean, I mean, so what do you do? It's like... Because for us, how does that work? It's like, you know, if it's a couple of days, we're like, God, what's going on? We're praying about this, and we're it's a it's a couple of weeks, and we're like, God, what's going on? Oh, uh, it must not be what you want me to do because it's taken like twenty minutes. So yeah, can't be it can't be right, right, God? No, but think about for him seriously. Think about twenty four years. So it's like, so I don't know. Year five, is he like, okay, I'm still going to trust God. Year ten. Year fifteen? Year twenty. It's like, man, I'm not getting any younger. My hips are like hurting and my, my knees are aching. I'm not getting younger. There's nobody here yet. Year twenty-three? Man, I'm like pushing a hundred. What's going on? Twenty four years. And Abraham continued to trust. We're talking about twenty four years. And then look at what happens in Genesis chapter. 17 verses 4 and 5. God comes to him and does something incredible. He says this to him. Okay, Abraham, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Okay, so what is God doing? God is reaffirming the promise that he made with Abraham. He's confirming this covenant. He's confirming the contract that he had made. Then he goes on to say, what's more, I'm changing your name. I will no longer. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham because you will be the father of many nations. You see, God renewed His promise to Abraham. And then when Abraham was 99 years old, see, it's never too late for anybody. 99. God changed His name from Abram to Abraham. Now, why did He do that? Well, it's big. In the Old Testament, your name represented your character or if you will, your destiny. And the name Abraham means father of many. So, I mean, that's huge to me. It's like, look, Abram, we're not messing around. Your name is now Abraham. And I'm promising because I'm changing your name, your name, you're going to be the father of many. And then one year later, Abraham's son Isaac was born. And God not only affirmed his promise, he kept his promise and he fulfilled his. His promise. Think about that. And if you know the story of Isaac, you know how much faith and trust Abraham had to have when he got to that whole story with Isaac. If you haven't read that, read it. It's amazing. Every step of the way for 25 years, Abraham had to surrender to God and trust God's plan. Even when it didn't make any sense, I'm sure there was a lot of time in this one, it didn't make any sense. Even when all the Pieces of the puzzle like, man, that's the wrong puzzle piece. What is this one doing in here? Just The things didn't fit. It didn't make any sense. Things didn't seem like it was going the way that it should. But God blessed him for it because of his faith and his trust. But I want you to think about this for just a moment. Because what would have happened if Abraham would have understood all that God wanted him to do and said, you know what, God? I mean... That sounds good and all. I mean, I get this, but I'm really comfortable where I am. kind of like it here. I've built this great life. I've got this company that I've built. You know, I'm doing pretty well financially. I'm set, and if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to be able to retire early. No, you know what, God, my life is good. I'm just going to hang out in my comfort zone, you know, Netflix and chill here and just watch some binge watching on some Netflix and whatever. I'm just going to hang out. What if Abraham would have just said no? What would have happened? Well, what we know would have happened is he would have missed out on God's plan for his life. He would have missed out on having a son. He would have missed out on being the father of many nations. And we wouldn't be talking about him today. Think about that. Who? What happened? I mean, obviously God could have worked out the plan however he wanted to work it out. He would have had to shuffle maybe some things around if Abraham would have decided not to do what he was going to do. But, you know, Israel comes out of this and who else? Jesus from there. So, I mean, this is huge. This has huge implications. If he, wouldn't have, if he just would have said, nah, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so, but obviously Abraham didn't. But what would have happened? What if? But here's the thing for us. See, Abraham would have missed out on God's plan for his life and for you and for me. Here's the thing you will miss it too. You will miss out on God's plan for your life if you don't completely, if we don't completely surrender ourselves to God today and do what He wants us to do and what He's asking us to do. We'll miss the plan, you know, because He's created you for a plan and a purpose, and we'll miss it for not willing to surrender. Right now it's a good likelihood that there's an area maybe in your life where you're you're kind of just living in the comfort zone. And you're saying, "God, I just I think I'll just stay here because I don't I don't want to get out of this. You know, it's going to cost me too much. It's going to it's going to challenge me too much. It's going to require too much faith. You know, I think I'll I think I'll just stay here." You know, for me, um, this kind of how my story was. You know, as I became a believer um, in my, my in my early twenties, and during that time, really felt that God was calling me into ministry, not just into ministry, but I really felt like God was calling me to be a pastor. And you know, when you first hear those things, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's just that's just that's silly nonsense because that's not me. And, um, I, you know, I remember a couple of things. I didn't share this, this part in the first service, but I was thinking about it. You know, one of the things that kind of, um, as I was like trying to work the things through my mind and thinking about, you know, as God was, I was feeling pulled into ministry. Um, when my wife and I were first believers, um, we gave our testimony at um, the church that we were a part of. And after we were done, I mean, we barely knew this person. After we were done, gave her testimony, we walked down. I mean, we knew her from the church, but we walked down, and, and she walked up to me. She was our children's director, and she walked up to me and said, you know, I, during that time, I felt God telling me, you will be a pastor one day. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm looking behind me like, I think you must have the wrong person, but okay, thank you for the encouragement, I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll tell you why that is. And then as I'm kind of wrestling and struggling and I'm feeling God telling me those things, it, I was scared to death, really, is what it was. It was fear. So scared. And I remember sitting in, uh, like we'd be sitting in church and all I could focus on was like the pastor sharing a message and thinking, well, if I'm supposed to be a pastor, God, I can't do that. That is not what I can do. So I I, I fought and I wrestled against that. And I'll tell you, um, so... As I'm thinking through those things, I remember just fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And I remember I just, you know, eventually I was like, OK, God, I hear you. I'm hearing what you're saying. So I, I remember talking to my wife and I went up to her after I was kind of like struggling through this and, and saying, you know, I really, OK, I really feel God is calling me to be a pastor. To be. And she's like, yeah, I knew. Like, What do you mean you knew? She's like, well, you know, God already told me this. I was just waiting on you or he was already just waiting on you. See, my problem was, though, as we look at this comfort zone, there was a part of me that wanted to stay in a comfort zone. And a comfort zone for me growing up was this. This is what I tried to avoid the most I could. And I can tell you truthfully, honestly, as a high school student, college student, and as an adult, public speaking freaked me out more than anything in life. I seriously would do anything not to have to do it. And I didn't share this in the first service, but see, I don't have to get... We'll get out on time, I promise. But I knew that I was under a crunch. I had to get out. So I tell you how crazy it was for me and anxiety-ridden and why I was pushing back on this with God is there was a time when I was in college and I was driving to, I was driving to school, um, driving to the campus, and we had this huge presentation that we had to do. It was part of our grade. It was a huge grade. We had to do this presentation and we had to sell this product and do all this stuff. And I, inside, I would have rather been dead. So what did I think in my mind? I'm on I-4 and I'm driving on I-4. And you know what I'm thinking the whole time on I-4? I could just wreck my car. I mean, no, I'm telling you, that's how bad this was for me. If I just wreck my car, I won't have to go. I know that sounds silly to some, maybe not to everybody, But it's a real thing that's in our lives when God is calling us to do something. That might not be your thing, but your thing is something, whatever God is calling you to do. So I had to work through my own challenges, my own fear. And believe me, the first time I ever spoke in front of a church, I don't know that you could hear my mic because I think my knees were hitting together so hard. It was like I'm like, I'm never going to get through this. I'm going to die. I sat down the whole time because I'm like, I'm just going to pass out. It's never going to work. You know, I, I'm like, God, okay, I'll just be the pastor of like cutting grass. Is that okay? I can do that. Or I can be the pastor of whatever else. I love kids, so hey, I can be a children's pastor, which I am, so that's really good. But just knowing that this part. So look, I don't know what your challenge is. I don't know what that thing is for you that God is saying, give everything to me, trust me, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're scared. You know, even if you want to stay in your comfort zone because this is way more convenient and comfortable, but I want you to come over here. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe trusting God for you means not, not giving up on your marriage or not giving up on a dream and continuing to fight through those obstacles and trust God to work it out. And I can trust you. Like, I'm still a work in progress, but I know God is working it out. You know, for me, even last night, it's kind of funny. As I was sitting there and I was kind of like talking to myself, talking to God. God reminded me, He's like, you know, I did speak through a donkey. So I can speak through you. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Okay, we got this, God. You know? So maybe trusting God for you means, again, not giving up on that dream, continuing to fight. Maybe it means surrendering. Maybe it's a health crisis that you just found out about and saying, God, I don't know know how this is going to end, but I trust you with it and I'm going to put it all in your hands. Maybe trusting God for you means trusting Him with your finances. Maybe it means beginning to tithe. And that's something my wife and I had to do as we were young. We had a, a six-month-old, and we were first Christians. And, you know, you don't make any you don't make any money when you're young normally. We weren't anyway, and we had a little baby. And we're like, okay, well, are we either going to trust God or not trust God? He's either going to provide or He's not going to provide. And this many years later, 25 years later, um, 24 years later, it's... I'm trying to think how old my oldest daughter is. 24, yep. Um, 24 years later, God's still providing for us. Maybe, Maybe that's what it means for you and trusting Him with that and allowing Him to bless you through that. Maybe it means ending an unhealthy relationship so you don't settle for something less, but you wait for the better thing that God has for you. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, God is asking you, whatever that might be that God is asking you to do today, here's where kind of the thing that should help us all. Because this this is what's the most important as we know this. Is know that God loves you. That God loves you. And that He wants what's best for you. And if you'll trust that He loves you and He wants what's best for you, then God, bring it. Because I know that you love me and you you want what's best for me. So I'm going to trust you in it. Because He wants to grow your character. He wants to grow you into the person that He's made you to be. But we have to be willing to surrender to Him for Him to do that. You know, the tragedy is for so many Christians, a lot of times is we're afraid to trust God. We're afraid to step out of our comfort zone and into God's character zone, into the place where God can bless us and grow us and strengthen our faith. And as a result, what I believe is we live less than fulfilled lives. And we wonder why as Christians our lives aren't so fulfilled. Because we're settling instead of living on purpose. Lives that don't make a difference is what ends up happening. Lives that don't live up to the potential that we have in Christ. They settle for the comfort zone and God is calling to so much more. Listen, can I just say this? Don't let that be the story of your life. Don't let that be the story of your life. Let's not let that be the story of our church. Let it be said of you. Let it be said of us that we weren't willing to sit idly by in our comfort zone when God has so much more for us. Let's step into His character zone to a place where God can grow us, He can bless us, and then make a difference through us where our lives count for something because What you have to offer as a believer, I need it. What I have to offer, you need it. And not only are you missing out on God's blessing and plan for your life, all of us are too. So let's do that, where our lives count for something. Here's another thing. If you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, for you, your step is take a step of trust. The step of trust you need to take is to trust God to save you, to forgive you of your past sins, and to give you a new life. You know, we we wrestle with this sometimes because we think, well, yeah, I've made all these mistakes in my life. And by the way, you know, we, we all have. We've all made mistakes in our lives. We've all messed up, okay? Every single one of us. We've all messed up and we think, well, if I can just do enough good things, then maybe God will smile on me. And everything will work out in the end. Well, it just doesn't work that way. Because there's not enough good things that we can do to make up for all the other things, to make up for the bad things that we've done. But thankfully, we don't have to. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, that he he loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus died on the cross, and in dying on the cross, he died so that our sins could be forgiven. And then he was raised to life to prove that he had victory over sin and death. He did this so that our sins could be forgiven. That's the first thing. So that we could have a purpose for living. That's the second thing. And that, so that we could have a home in heaven. That's the third thing. So our sins could be forgiven so that we could have a purpose for living and living so we could have a home in heaven. So all you need to do today is to stop trying to get right with God on your own and trust. Trust the forgiveness and the new life that God offers all of us through Jesus. So in a moment, as we pray, hopefully, if you've never made that or you've never taken that step, hopefully that's a step that you will take. And if you do and you're in here or in the pavilion, if you wouldn't mind, maybe on your communication card, just put, yes, yes. And then we know, yes, you, you're praying and you, that, you're taking that first step of trust by asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. If you're online, you can, you can email me, rich at seminalchurch.com, and I will, I will respond to that. But before we wrap up, I want, I want us to read our, our final verse from Romans chapter 4 today, and I want us to see how, how Abraham's life really connects to our lives. Okay, here it is. Romans 4.3. For the Scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of what? Because of his faith. He believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Not all these things that he did. It's because of his faith. And here's how this applies to us. God will also count us as righteous if we believe and have faith in Him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised alive to make us right with God the Father. So may we, like Abraham, have a faith that trusts. Let's, let's go ahead and bow our heads and, and pray together. We'll just take this moment to pray. Just take this time to really. Reflect and think on this message and as we talk with God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Abraham's story. Lord, we thank you for what we've learned about how to have a faith that trusts you in God today, right now, in this moment. I want to pray for those here who have never trusted you or who are watching online who have never trusted you as their Lord and Savior for the first time. If that's you, then just right now, in this moment, will you surrender your life to Him? That's your first step, surrendering your life to Him. Just say, God, I know I've messed up. I've sinned. I admit that. I know me trying to get right with you by just doing good things isn't working. So, God, today, I admit that. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. I believe that. And you did that for me to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my past. Now I'm choosing to follow You from this day forward and in the fellowship of Your church. Make that Your prayer today. And we don't want to live less than lives, Father. We don't want to miss out on the adventure that You have for us. So Lord, we put our trust in You. Would that be Your prayer also? We put our trust in You. Lord, help our lack of faith when we face obstacles. Help us to see where you are working around us so that we can embrace your plan. Help us to follow you even when it doesn't make sense or, or other people aren't willing to go with us. Maybe just right now in this moment, I want you to pray. So think about this. I want you to think about the area of your life right now that you need to trust God in and just kind of say that to Him. Say, Just turn, turn it over to Him and say, God, I need you to help me to trust you with this. Just say that. God, I need, you to help me to, I need you to help me to trust you with whatever that is and just tell him. Help me to follow you in this. I want to know your plan for my life. Just say that to him. And Lord, today we thank you for loving us. And Lord, today we choose to trust you and we choose like Abraham to trust and obey Help us to have a stronger faith. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.